Thank you, children. receive a reading from the Word of God. May we affirm our faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear today's scriptures. Our first reading is Psalm 34 verses 1 through 3. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Our second reading is from the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. This is God's word to God's people.
to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a takes a lot of courage on my part to sing for y'all, so thank you for, for bearing with me. Um, that is a song that I sing, I used to sing every single night to the kids, and I sing pretty much every single night that I'm at church camp. It's a song that we sing over and over again and has taken root in my heart in terms of what my definition of worship is and who I am supposed to be as a follower of Christ. I don't need to just think as this place is the only sanctuary in my life, but recognize that my life and the way in which I live, my body becomes a sanctuary for the Lord that gives praise and honor to God in the ways in which I choose to live in the world and interact with others. Part of, this, part of the words have taken such a root that's probably how I got my call to ministry uh, in, in recognizing that fact. And as we were thinking about worship and what it meant to have worship as a lifestyle, the song has just been playing in my head over and over again over the past probably three or four weeks as I've been thinking about this message. Our scripture that Christy read for us this morning speaks so profoundly to me for a couple of different reasons. And you guys who know me well enough know that every once in a while I throw in a different translation just so that you can hear it from a different uh, tone and a, with a slightly different twist on it. I'm going to read to you Matthew 5:13 through 16 again from the message. And it goes like this. Let me tell you why you're here. You are here to be the salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? If you lose your usefulness, you'll, you've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a basket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God this generous father in heaven. Oh, to be the salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors and to be the light that brings out God colors. If that's not worship, I don't know what is. I am blessed to have a husband who is forever trying to learn a new skill or hobby. And sometimes they rotate back around to hobbies and skills that he's done before. And two of the ones that he comes back to on a regular basis are photography and cooking. 
And I, I feel greatly blessed, but I also feel like my waistline grows a little bit each time he gets back to the cooking section. But that's okay because I learned something each time that he goes on to a new hobby. Right now it's learning Tagalog, so I've, got, I've added a few new phrases to my, my uh, ability to talk to my mother-in-law, which is always a good thing. Uh, so I never know what it's gonna be each, I'll say every quarter, because it seems like a three-month period where he goes through these, these sessions of having great interest. When it was photography, I learned all about lighting and angles and the best time of day to go out and shoot pictures. Had anyone, has anyone heard about the word, the golden hour? The period of day just at sunrise and sunset where the lighting is spectacular. And somehow that light makes areas that sometimes can look a little bit dull and a little bit drab come to life. Now, I live on the east end of uh, Simi Valley, and you've got all of those rock formations and everything else. And I can tell you at those golden hours, those rocks are splendid to behold. They're pretty awesome most of the time, but they're spectacular at the golden hour. Our job as the light bearers for God is to allow others to shine as beautifully and to be as spectacular to behold as well. We are called to radiate God's light to others. And when we allow our hearts to be in worship at all times, we can bring that out in others. Now, salt seasoning and bringing out the God flavoring. Warren's not really a baker, but we, we've talked about baking and, uh, and how that works. I find that the analogy for the salt flavoring rings even truer in baking than it does in regular preparing a meal. I know very few meals, unless you are sodium-free, <laughs> where you don't add a little bit of salt to the meal. And the reason that you do that is because the salt brings out and enriches the flavors of the other items that you're cooking with. I find it absolutely strange that we put salt in chocolate chip cookies. We put salt in cake. We put salt in our sweet, desserts in addition to our savory foods as well, because the salt, even a little bit of it, enhances the flavor and brings it out in a way that we might not experience otherwise. I, I've always struggled with this passage of, you are the salt of the earth, and if you've lost your youthful, usefulness, you're in the garbage. <laughs> that I struggle with. But that's the reason that we come back here, right? That's the reason that we come to worship as an event, so that we can continue to be edified and enriched by those around us that help us to retain our saltiness in all of the best ways. Sometimes it's good to be salty, right? Retain all of our saltiness so that we can go in the world and enhance the lives of others. Help them to see the ways in which God is shining and radiating through them in such a way that they are made better by God's presence and our presence in their lives as well. Our hope is that as we sit and interact with others, as we allow our lives to be worship each and every moment, we can enhance the lives of those around us. Oh, to be the light, to be the salt. When the scripture talks about, would you hide the light under a bushel? I question if we only share our faith with God when we are in 
a building worshiping with other Christians, we're in some ways hiding our light under a bushel. We're not allowing that light to shine and radiate to those who need to experience it, to those that need to encounter it. Our job is to be a light on a light stand, letting others see that light, to hold open house, and to let other, by opening up to others, we prompt them to open up to God. Now, last week I told you guys that I had posted some questions on Facebook, and I did that again this week. And one of the questions was, where was a time that you experienced God or worship when it wasn't within a standard worship experience? And I had about over 50 responses to this question, which I was, again, highly impressed with. And I'm going to sum up what they were instead of reading them to you. They, they basically fell into one of these few categories. Camping or a work trip type experience, interaction with music, traveling, being with family, being in nature, being a part of blessed, a blessed community, or partaking in creative endeavors. That, that, that's how I would sum up the 52-ish responses into seven. And when I look at all of the answers, there's something that rings true to me. All of the responses, while they didn't say it this way, talk about thin places. Those places where you feel God a little more profoundly, a little bit closer, where the veil between our world and God's world is just that much closer and we can feel God that much better, where we sense God's presence. I thank God for thin places. Mine are camping, um, which is why I do summer camp with kids every year. Mine is going to a concert where the words speak to my heart. I shocked some people when I said a few years ago that the first time that I went to a Mumford and Sons concert, I felt like I was in a three hour long worship service because their words speak to me spiritually and touch my heart. They even have lyrics about rolling a stone away. And if I roll away my stone, will you roll away yours? And what have we buried? And what is God inviting us to be resurrected to, to new life? Uh, mine are even going on misadventures in the middle of the Holy Land. Walt told a story about, uh, about a worship experience that he had, and I'll share our misadventure that about 10 of us experienced while we were in the Holy Land. I had my heart going to the town of Ein Karim and going to a church there that has um, a celebration and an honoring of John the Baptist, but also his mother Elizabeth and Mary. And they have a site in their courtyard where there's a statue of Mary and Elizabeth meeting and the Magnificat printed in a variety of languages. Those of you who were on the trip will tell you, we didn't quite make it there. I made it within probably 20 feet, but encountered locked door upon locked door upon locked door. It was really kind of this strange thing. We had chartered uh, some cabs to get us to the town. We had gotten to a monastery that was right next door to the church that I wanted to go to. We could get to the side of the church. And I did a real, what I think was a really good job setting up for what we were expecting to see. We walk to the side of the church and we see these beautiful mosaics that are on the wall of the church that tell the same exact story that I had just prepared us to see. 
And then I said, okay, well, you guys enjoy this, and while you enjoy this, I'm gonna go scout out and see how we get to this courtyard. I trudge down some stairs, I find where the courtyard is, and there's a metal gate that's locked. So I go, okay, that gate's locked, let's continue looking. So we go down the other side of the building, we come to a door, that door too is locked. <laughs> but here's the amazing thing. God was present in that experience, even though I didn't get to experience exactly what I wanted or thought that I needed. Because let me tell you, when we stepped into that courtyard on the side of the building and the story was reflected again, it was one of those, oh, God is here. And it's one of those thin places. I can't say it, in it, or I probably could come up with a different way, but right now off the top of my head, I can't come up with the words. Of, it was a place where it just all of a sudden just felt like it fell into place and that God was there and God was present and God reminded us of the gift of family, of love, and the joy that we have when we're reunited with one another. And for that, I give thanks. Last week, I told you about the author of our book's theory about the GPS. And he used that it was God-focused, it was participatory, and it was sensory. I will tell you that in my life, GPS stands for my God positioning system. In that I look for the Holy Spirit each and every time or I try to look for the Holy Spirit each and every time that I'm in a situation. I told you last week where I failed at that. But, so if, you, if you're watching this online and you don't know what I'm talking about, go to last week's video and watch the video and you'll find out. I try to focus on where the Holy Spirit is. And when I look for the Holy Spirit, those are the moments where I have those opportunities to have worship as a lifestyle as opposed to worship as just when we're in community together. The worship in community is spectacular and needed and allows us to give honor and praise to God. But oh, when we can give praise to God in other ways. It is a great opportunity. So the quest, second question that I posed on Facebook was, was about worship as a lifestyle and what does it mean to you? I had less comments to that, about 16 comments to that, but several of them were very profound, and I want to read some of them to you. One of my friends said, it's about expressing the love of God and by extension humanity in all aspects of our everyday life, not just Sunday morning. And then he confessed that he's nowhere near that and, and wants to, to get better at it. I had another friend say, worship to me is giving God the glory and keeping your eyes focused on God. If you are worshiping as a lifestyle, then you are much more aware of the little things every day that God is doing instead of just the major stuff. Oh, thank God for little things. Thank God for the opportunities to see the small everyday blessings. That way when the road gets a little bit rough, we recognize that God is always with us and God is always walking with us. One of my former roommates talked about gratitude and wonder, gratitude for what God has done and wonder at what God can and will do through, the, through God's people. And I appreciate that. This is the friend that actually started me thinking about worship as alternate experiences and not just in a worship environment. We were roommates uh, 
back when I was a youth director in Orange County. And he told me that his most significant worship time was when he went out surfing with one or two friends and experienced the rhythm of the waves, had holy conversation with those that he was gathered with, and could really appreciate how God was at work through those conversations. And when he told me that, it started me thinking about, well, what does it mean if I reinvent worship or reimagine worship so it's not a place that I go to, but it's an experience that I live each and every day. We all have the opportunity to say, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. With thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. That is my hope this day and always. Amen.